0: So so we have a following, believe it or not, <laughs> we just need to believe God can do all things through all of us in all different ways. We need to take back the airways from the kingdom of darkness and give them to the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's what we're doing. So we keep preaching the word faithfully. God is faithful and true. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change, Amen. Amen. But He will cause change in people's heart. All right, this message is kind of prophetic, and it's kind of uh, of what's going on today. I felt like the Lord was showing me, and the title of this message is "God is going to move." and we will all know who's the Lord and the King of Kings and the ruler of the heavens and the earth. I believe God gave me this scripture this morning. If you got your Bibles, you can open up to it. It's in Joel chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. i got all kinds of Bible marks here. We're going to be going through the Word today. Joel chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Amen? Amen. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weakling say, I am strong. Come quickly, all you nations from every side, and assemble here. Bring down your warriors, O Lord. Amen? Bring down your warriors, O Lord. And that's why I got this baby. Showed me that this morning. I told it to my wife. I said, you know, the Lord told me, beat the, I got the word, beat your plowshares into swords. That's what we need to do. We're warriors as a people, a nation that belongs to God. Amen. Amen. We're a people and a nation that belongs to God. And I'm telling you, there is a nation of people out there across this world that God knows the number. And it's mighty. And it's strong. And it's formidable. It's time for the warriors to rise up like never before. To stand. To make a stand for his kingdom. To stand for righteousness. To not be discouraged Or not lose faith. Amen? We do not need to lose faith. And I'm going to tell you this week, as I'm sitting there all week long, I know my grandson was in the truck with me many times. And it's like, man, you get discouraged. You get discouraged. You're like, what is going on in our nation? And I'm telling you, I'm thinking about shutting my TV off Because every time I hear the news, it takes away away more of my hope and faith. It picks at it. It gets you discouraged. The enemy's out there declaring things that aren't even his to declare. Let's put it that way. Because he's out there like a roaring lion looking for those he can devour. And that's what he's trying to do. He's roaring like a lion. He's trying to devour the hope. And the faith of this nation. Of you and of me. Remember when things looked to be impossible? And when there seems to be no hope? Right about then, God shows up. Amen? Isn't that true? I don't know how many times when things looked impossible in my life. When I looked like there was no hope, all of a sudden, God shows up. He's done it in our marriage. He's done it in our finances. He's done it in my our business. He's done it in this church. He all of a sudden shows up. And there's a way when there was no way. God makes a way. So don't be discouraged. Don't lose hope. Today I want to talk to you about three things, faith, actually four, faith, hope, faith and hope, about mighty men, and about God's anointed. Three things I felt the Lord was sharing with me this morning. And in Hebrews chapter 11, you can open up your Bible, it's in verses 1 through 3. And I want you to think about this verse, we all know it. This scripture about faith, and about hope. A lot of us can recite it. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I'm telling you, God is moving in our nation and we might not see it We might not see it in the natural, but God is doing it in the spiritual, in the supernatural. I'm telling you right now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. And I'm telling you, the enemy is roaring because he wants to take that blessed assurance away from you and away from me. And away from this nation. And away from many others out there across this Beautiful, great divide from sea to signing sea. (laughs) I get going, I get anointed, I get tongue-tied by that devil up in Jesus' name. Hope and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for, it says. See, the ancients had things that were against them that were impossible. But even though they didn't take what they thought was going to happen in the natural world, They didn't believe that. What did they do? They stood on God's word, didn't they? And they stood there, and they didn't waver. They didn't get tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine or every word or everything out there that looks like it's impossibility. They didn't. I'm going to tell you, for every great move of God, there comes a great opposition Against it first, before the move of God happens and takes place. And what we're seeing right now is a great opposition. We need to have faith. and The church needs to have faith and hope right now. You know, all the prophets, all of the prophets spoke of this election. And our president, Donald J. Trump, and I believe they heard from God. I believe they heard from God. What we need to do now is stand on the word from God. Even though it looks impossible in the natural remember that we are not fighting here in this in the natural. We're not fighting this battle in the natural. We're fighting this battle in the spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. And it's probably the biggest battle the church has faced in a long time. This is a big battle. And I'm going to tell you, if you're discouraged about it, you need to get around people of faith that believe. Because the discouragement is not of God. And if you doubt it, then you need to stop doubting and start believing. Because God can do all things. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. This is the biggest battle the church has faced in a long time. So it's time for the mighty warriors who've been faithful Who've been hiding in their homes praying, who's been reading the word. It's time for those warriors to rise up. It's time to get the swords out. It's time to time to time to sharpen up the sword. That means getting out your word and reading it. Your sword is the word. Your sword is the word. It's the most it is the only offensive weapon that the Bible that the Bible tells you you have is the Word of God. This is what you and how you attack the enemy by. It's not in your natural, it's in the spiritual. And you need to hide that Word in your heart. Even if they come and take this Word away from me, they can't take what's hidden in my heart. They'd have to cut that out. Amen? And then my hope isn't in the flesh, it's in the hope That I'm with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords for eternity. You know, I heard this throughout the election that we're, and this came out of the Biden camp, that we are fighting for the soul of the nation. We are fighting, we are fighting for the soul of the nation. We're fighting for the soul of the nation. We're fighting for a spiritual battle here. I couldn't believe it when they said that. And it stuck in my mind, in my heart. It is a spiritual battle, not just a natural battle. And the enemy, enemy said it. Out of the enemy's camp. Fighting for the soul of the nation. We are in a battle. And we are fighting for it. And we are and you are going to serve. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve or you're going to be against God. It's that simple. This election was the clearest election in my mind that I have ever seen or witnessed in my lifetime. It drew a line right down the middle. There was two different principles. Principles. There was day and night, and you were either for God or against God, basically. And you're going to serve either one or the other. Amen? Amen. So don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. What seems to be impossible, God will make possible. You know, it's throughout all the scriptures. This is what I love about the word. You can go through the you can go through a lot of battles that are in the word. It's written there to encourage you, to edify you, to build you up, to strengthen you. That's why we need to read it. That's why we need to get it in our hearts. Let me tell you something. You want to be a mighty warrior in the kingdom of God? then you need to be in the Word and know it. You need to be praying. Because without it, those are our weapons. Those are our weapons. I want to tell you a story. You can find this story in Judges 6-7. through 7. And it's a story about Gideon. When God led him, left him with only 300 warriors, God left Gideon 300 warriors that God handpicked himself. Just 300 men to fight an army to fight against the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the eastern peoples. It says there in Judges 6 through 7. It says that the army that they were coming up against was so thick. So thick that they looked as locusts across the valley. And their camels, you couldn't count the amount of camels they had there. They said the camels outnumbered the the sands of the sea. Can you imagine that? Now can you imagine Gideon? Gideon came from a tribe back then, was the weakest tribe in the nation. Gideon. No, but it's like like what they said about Jesus. Nothing good comes out of Bethlehem. But look what came out of Bethlehem. Jesus came out of Bethlehem, our Lord and Savior, didn't he? The King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, King David came out of Bethlehem too, I believe. They say nothing good can come out of the weakest tribe of Israel. But Lord Gideon says... Where are the weakest tribe, and who am I that you're going to use me? And Gideon had to throw out all kinds of things. He threw out a fleece twice. Lord, let there be dew around it. Okay, Lord, then let there be dew on it. And then he wringed out, I don't know how many buckets of dew. And then Gideon also said to God, God, I don't know about going up against this army with just 300 men. When I look down from the high place and I look down in the valley, I can't count them all. They're like as many as locusts. And Gideon said, well, you know what you need to do? Then if you still don't believe me that I'm going to rout the enemy, then you need to go down there and you need to listen to, their, listen to them. You need to overhear some of their men speaking. So he sent a couple of scouts down there and what do they do? They heard him dreaming and they, they heard their dreams and they were afraid. So they brought the report back to Gideon. The scouts did. And Gideon praised God and he worshiped God at that moment because he knew God's word was true. And those 300 men, what did they do? They went up on top of the mountaintop and they did as Gideon said, they blew a trumpet they opened up a light like a lantern on them around the whole top of the mountain. And you know what it said? It said the enemy got so afraid that they turned on themselves and they started fighting themselves. And they destroyed themselves. And then they just routed them. I don't know how far back, but many cities it sounded like. That's what God can do. God can make the impossible and make it possible. In our natural eyes, it's impossible that you can go up against an army of tens, thousands, maybe hundreds. Had to be over hundreds of thousands because of all the camels. With just 300 men. The odds are totally against you. I mean, I can't even imagine what is that, like thousands per to one? A thousand to one? But God can do everything. And He can do anything. God God routed the army, and Gideon had a great battle. Had a great battle. And God's the same, like I said earlier, He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He did it then. He can do it again. can he? I say that all the time. I stand by faith all the time when I'm down and out. When I feel like, you know what? Things aren't going good. I've got to shake myself off and say, you know what? God did it once. He'll do it again. God saved me once. He'll save me again. He'll do the same for you. He's no respecter of persons long as you're a child of God and believe. Now I want to talk to you about mighty men. And I believe God is going to raise up mighty men and women in these last days like never before. You know, one of my favorite mighty men in the whole Bible, I mean, King. there's a lot of them. I mean, there's Jesus. My wife knows it. She's over there saying it already. Shammah. Shammah. One of my favorite mighty men in the Bible. David had three mighty men that were mightier and above all other mighty men in his camp. He had Eleazar, where he slew so many that the sword stuck to his hand. It's in 2 Samuel, let's get there. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 11 through 12. But he, I know he had Eleazar. And he had Joseph Bathshebeth. These names are hard to pronounce, so you've got to bear with me. Bathshebeth. Bathshebeth, he he destroyed like a whole Philistine army with a spear. He killed them all in one encounter. Eleazar fought 800 Philistine men and he fought for so long that the sword kind of like infused, was part of him. Can you imagine that? The sword just being part of your body when you're in battle. And I believe he's going to raise up mighty men and women that are like that. that will just be part of them wherever they swing their arms. Slaying the enemy to and fro. That's so what's going to happen. But Jehovah Shama, or Shammah, <laughs> but you know what i got to tell you right now. You know what Jehovah Shammah means? That means God is there. I believe that over this place. Jehovah Shammah, God is here. God is here right now with us. We're two or more gathered. His presence is here. It's in us. Amen. It's in you. It's in me. You have Jehovah in you. It's time for you to realize that and wake up to your call. Hallelujah. Jehovah Shammah. You know what Jehovah, you know what Shammah did? I'll tell you. <laughs> Shammah, he was son of Aggie, the heretite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils. Can you imagine? Here you go. Shammah standing up there. He's looking out over this field that they worked hard for all year long. And it was just about harvest time. You know what lentils are? Beans. Right? Maybe we should grow some beans. Huh? Up here. Because you can get protein from beans. Amen? But he was looking over his field of beans and he had a troop of Israelites behind him. But every year, what happened was when they were growing these beans, every year the Philistines would band together and they would go raid the hard work of the Israelites and they would take their crops and steal them. They would steal the crops. Now there's a, right there's a message right there. Don't let the enemy steal your crops. Don't let the enemy steal what you've worked hard for. Amen? So what did Sharma do? The band of Philistines came up to, to take this crop, of lentils. They're like, hey, we didn't work for this, but we can steal this because there's more of us than there are of them. And we'll just take it. There's people out there like that. There's people that are being brought up that way and how to live. You know what, we don't have to work for this. This stuff is ours. We we don't we don't we didn't work for this, but we deserve it. I'm gonna take it. Think about that for a moment. There's a generation out there like that right now that don't want to work for their livelihood. That don't want to put time and effort. But they think they should get it for free. But they don't realize nothing's for free. And I'm going to tell you what, what the Philistines thought was free, they paid a heavy penalty. Because they didn't get the field. They didn't get the field. The Israelites, the Israelites were there behind Shama. When the Philistines came, and then when the Israelites saw the Philistines, what did they do? They ran away. But what does it say in the word? What did Shammah do? He stood his ground. Didn't he? He stood his ground because he said enough is enough. I've had it up to here. I'm either going to die in this field fighting over these beans that i worked hard for all year long. Or I'm going to win. And I can see him standing out there and saying I've had it. Enough is enough. Jehovah Shammah. God is with me. And He'll never fail me or forsake me. And if God is with you, He will never fail you or forsake you. You remember that. When the battle comes and you look like you're the only one out there battling and fighting, just say, Jehovah Shammah, God is with me. And with God, all things are possible. And he routed the Philistines and won a great victory that day, it says. What was impossible, God made possible. God was present with him then, and God is just as present today as he was then in our situation in this nation. In any situation that you are in, if you're a child of God, then you've got to realize and you've got to know that God is present. He is there with you. And He will not fail you or forsake you. And no matter what you put your hands to, God will prosper. God will bless and you got to believe it. And you got to get that in your heart and you don't doubt it. Even though things might look bad and might look not look good at that time, you got to stand on the word of God and say, no devil, no devil, no devil. These are my beans. <laughs> Don't be messing with my beans. You got it? That's what we need to do is stand our ground. Even though we think it might be over, it's not over, and we know it's not over. And you know the devil knows it's not over, but yet the devil's out there proclaiming victory. Well, you know what devil? He did the same thing with Jesus, didn't he? When Jesus died on the cross, the devil was probably down there two-stepping. I can't two-step. Where's my boys? I taught them how to do the. I, don't know, I was teaching them how to do the cowboy dance. Whatever. Texas two-step. I can't tell them I don't know how to do it because I told them I did. <laughs> My wife's got him on video. I wish we could play it. It's hilarious. But I'm telling you, the devil was doing the two-step thinking he won over Jesus when he died on the cross. See, this guy, he's not God. He's got flesh and blood. He died just like any other man. But then all of a sudden, when he went back down to his throne in Tardis, in Hades, in hell, or Sheol, or whatever you want to call it. When he went down there to sit on his throne, he realized that somebody was knocking on his shoulder. And he said, give me the keys. The devil looked at him, probably like, what? And Jesus probably just slugged him one with a big old right hand right down in there. We don't know what happened. But we know that he chased the devil around for three days in hell. And he won and he got victorious and he took the keys from the devil and now he has them in heaven just when you just when he thought he was going to win just when he thought he was going to win he lost big league big league Now devil you won't steal. You're not going to steal what God's ordained. It's impossible. You can't steal what God's ordained. You can't have what God's ordained. And you know what? We got to stand up for that and we got to proclaim it. And we got to believe it. He's for us. God is for us. You believe that. He's for us. He's for us. We sing a song like that. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. God is not against you. He is for you. And He knows your heart. And He knows your cry. Do you not think God doesn't hear all the prayers that have gone up this last week? You don't think those bulls in heaven are getting full of prayers from the saints? Down here saying, God, what is going on? The devil's trying to steal this thing from from you. God said, no, it's not going to happen. You trust in my word and don't doubt in your heart. Because God is looking for warriors that are going to stand up on the truth no matter what it takes. Think about that. There is a time for God's mighty men. And will appear on this earth. Those mighty men. This is a prophetic word I believe I got. I got to read it to you. Because I wrote it down. I was so fast writing it down. I was just letting it flow out. And my writing is pretty poor. So you got to bear with me. There's a time of God's mighty men. Who will appear and do great exploits. For God and his kingdom. It's right around the corner. God is breaking out over this nation. There will be healing, deliverance, miracles, signs and wonders like the likes in which they haven't been seen for thousands and thousands of years. The dead will rise and again fire will be called down from the heavens and there will be a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit like never before. What seems impossible will be possible for God, because for God it is easy. Don't look at things in the natural, it's time to look at things in the spiritual. And I will open up the spiritual eyes of my believers, and they shall see things coming before they even get here. As a warning, as a scout who, access, who, who, uh, who goes out and assesses the enemy's plans. I will send out my scouts so that they will know so that you can be prepared and be equipped for what is coming. And I have given them all they need. I have given my children all they need for this battle. For I am in them, says the Lord, and I have equipped them. For my spirit in them is greater than the spirit that's in the world. They are the children of the living God. They are the generation who will see me again coming not as a lamb, but as a lion. Hallelujah. You are the generation that will see the Lord again coming, not as the lamb, but as the lion, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who reigns over this earth and over the heavens, who is the creator of all, who is of old and who is of new, who is the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. 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 God's anointed. God's anointed. Do we all not here believe that Donald J. Trump was anointed by God to rule our nation? We're all in agreement. Do you know what it says about God's anointed in the Bible? It says, touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. Psalm 105, 15. 1 Chronicles 16.22, saying, Touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. I believe in many others that Donald J. Trump has been anointed by God to lead our nation. <clears throat> and that the enemy hasn't liked it since his proclamation of running since 2015. Since 2015. When Donald J. Trump said he was going to run for president of the United States. Do you know what's been happening since then? All hell's been broken loose upon him. And upon his family. And upon his cabinet. And upon anything he does. But know this. That within four years he's done more than most presidents done in eight. In four years he stood up for the Christian way of life. And for the church, like no other president in history. In four years, he stood up for the minorities, like no other president in history. In four years, he stood up for pro-life. than no other president in history. As a matter of fact, he was the first and only president to speak at a pro-life event, at the pro-life march in Washington, D.C., Think about that. He's done more for this nation in four years than many have done in eight. And I'm telling you what, the devil's been coming at him ever since then. And do you know what, in his lifetime, you know, that little Bible he held up that they they tried to trash him about? Do you know about Donald Trump's family line? Do you know about Donald Trump's prophecy over his life that he would lead this nation back to God? And hasn't he done that? Hasn't he done that throughout our nation? Isn't that what's going on right now? That the church is finally waking up. It's like that prophecy I told you about, about the sleeping giant. Last week, that's getting up, rising up. Donald J. Trump's family his mother, his aunt, were in the revivals in the Gadarenes that swept through that whole island area. His grandmother had a big part about it. And that Bible I bet you he held up there that day was the Bible that was from that revival. And I believe because of that, and because of God's promises and words to this nation, that we are going to see the greatest revival the world has ever seen break out over this nation. There will be people coming to Christ. They will be falling down to get to the churches. They'll be rushing in lines to get here to get saved, to know the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They're gonna it's gonna happen. People will be healed, they will be delivered. Because God is faithful and true to His Word. His Word proclaims it. In the end days, in Joel. It talks about it. Read it. The enemy hasn't liked it since Donald Trump's proclamation of running. So he's been trying to come against him ever since. And I want to read you Psalms 1, 1 through 16. The very first psalm. Blessed is the man who walks... or blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked... or stands in the way of sinners... or sits in the seat of mockers... but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water... Which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. You want to prosper? You want to be a mighty oak out there in the kingdom of God? Then you follow God's laws. You meditate on it day and night. That I means you take this word into your heart. You want to be blessed and anointed by God? Then put them in your marriage, put them in your relationships. Put them in your businesses. Put them first. And God will make everything else line up. You put God first and everything else will fall into place. You just got to be patient and wait on the Lord. Not so the wicked, he says, they are like shaft. Like that, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I believe that when everything is said and done, in the judgment seat being the courts, that the wicked will not stand. Everything that was meant to be done that was evil and wicked against this election is not going to stand. It will not be standing. It will be judged in the courts, just like we read here in Psalms 1. Nor the sinners and all the folly, the lies, and the scandals will be exposed and will be judged and they will be tried. I believe that's coming. Because think of this. What was all the scandals, all the lies before Tuesday? You don't hear much of those anymore right now this last week. Because they're trying to divert. This is all warfare. This is all spiritual warfare we're in. There's a battle going on right now. And it is for the soul of the nation. And it's going to be whether it's going to stand for righteousness... Or it's going to stand in the enemy's camp. But I believe it's going to be judged. And it's going to be tried. And I believe God is not done with America. He's not done with America yet. America has given more. More to the world in preaching the good news and sending out missionaries all over the world on getting people saved, on helping other nations. America has done more than any other nation in the history of the world to proclaim the gospel of Christ, to bring the good news, to support believers around the world The greatest ally to Israel. And what does God say? Pray for Israel. So on your prayer list, you need to be praying for Israel. Pray for the peace of Israel. You need to be supporting Israel. Israel is the apple of God's eye. I believe God is not done with America or Donald Trump. And that there's more to come. And woe to those. Woe to those who plot evil. And rise up against God's anointed. Woe to them. I'm telling you what. You don't mess with God's anointed. You don't speak badly about any pastor in this church. No matter what denomination they are from. You pray for them. You pray that God's hand will move on them. If you don't agree with them, then you pray for them. But you don't speak ill of them. You don't come against them. Even though they might look like they're doing evil or doing wrong, that's not your job to judge. It's not our job to judge. That's God's. Our job is to pray for our leaders and and pray for those in authorities and powers and rulers and prince of darknesses. You need to pray against them. But you don't need to talk bad about them. Amen? It's not our job. Pray for them. Pray that God moves upon them mightily in Jesus' name. Because I don't have a throne in heaven that's called Christ's judge's seat, and neither do you. We don't. Simple. God's the judge. And he's the, thank God, because he's a right judge. He's a fair judge. He's an honest judge. He's a righteous judge. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Have faith, hope. And what my wife said earlier in worship, love. The greatest of these is love. We gotta have love for our brethren. We gotta have love for the lost, and we need to pray that they would be turned around and pulled out of the what do they call that? The dark side. Into the light side. Don't go into the dark. But we'll come into the light. I am trying to think of Star Wars things. You know. I don't know the saying. But. Anyways. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. I hope to God that you got something out of this. Our Lord. Let's pray. We'll close with prayer. Why don't we all stand up and raise up our hands. I'm going to pray our blessing over you out of number 6 24 through 26 thank you Lord father I thank you Lord for this day Lord I pray that your will be done in this place on this hill and in our very lives Lord we give you all authority Lord God to go through us to search us search our hearts Lord God anything that's not of us, that's not of you, Lord God. I pray that you would remove it. Anything that is of us, I pray that you, re, you would remove. I pray that you would fill us with your spirit more and more. Help us to die to ourselves daily, Lord God. Help us to pick up our cross, Lord, as we're trusting in you. And anything that I've said, Lord God, today, that's not of you, I pray that, Lord, it would be removed. And anything that's of you, Lord God, it would stick in our hearts. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would bless your people and that you would keep them. Lord, I pray that your face would shine upon us. And that, Lord, you would be gracious toward us. And that you would give us peace on all sides. I pray this over your people and over this day. And over this week, I pray that, Lord God, that we would just get into your word. Help us, Lord, to get into your word. Take every every opportunity to get into your word, to pray, to seek your face, Lord God. Lord, and I pray that our ears will be open to hear your calling and that we would rise up and stand when you call us. I pray this, Lord God, and I thank you for this day and I thank you for your people. In Jesus' name, amen.